Hello and welcome to episode number 73 of Die Hard on a Podcast. I think you got that one right. Yeah, I think it is 73. I did get it right. I, I know because I looked right before we started because I wanted to feel cool. Nice. And we're doing... Did you you got to see Hereditary? Right? I, I saw Hereditary and The Hitcher. The Hitcher, okay, cool. Yeah, because we watched The Hitcher because, you know, R.I.P. Rutger Hauer, so... <clears throat> yeah, and I feel like the I feel like the Hitcher could be its whole podcast itself. We can maybe put Hereditary off for when I do finally get to see Midsummer. <laughs> if you want, if you want, because um, the Hitcher, like, wow, holy shit, that's a genuinely scary fucking movie. Yeah, I watched it. I actually watched it twice today because I actually we were talking about how I get hit the Hitcher because it's very unavailable. It's it's super unavailable. So I was like, I was telling Tim, I was like, I think it's on YouTube, and I think it's on Cinemax. So you watched the YouTube version. How yep. was how was the quality of that one? I was actually shocked at how yeah. good it was. I mean, it wasn't 1080p, 4K HD or anything. Yeah. But it was very, very watchable, which usually YouTube is not watchable. And you know what wasn't? I got I got the Cinemax because I got it because I was like, well, maybe I have a DVD of it. It's an old DVD. So I'm like, well, maybe the Cinemax will be HD, so I'll get the, I'll sign up for the trial, and it was, it was like, it was cropped, and it looked like it was off, like tape, not even off a of VHS tape. So, but I watched it that way anyway. But then I put the DVD in later on to watch it, right. and it looked much better on my DVD because it was, it was at least like aspect ratio correct. Yeah. So, because um, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's actually like a, like nice, like really nice looking movie too. Like I'm, I don't know why it hasn't been gotten the Blu-ray treatment yet. Yeah, that's that is sure. it's kind of kind of strange that it you should think it, it would maybe maybe now that uh, RRP's or Rudger's dead that it'll get some like cult <laughs> cult interest um, because I'm kind of surprised that this isn't a bigger cult film because it is just amazing um, like I, I was genuinely like on the edge of my seat scared for most of the movie. <laughs> I love how much they don't explain what the fuck is going on with him like it's yeah just like, it's so nope, he's awesome just a, he's just he's just he's just a crazy dude that's like he's like i don't know like i was gonna like i was gonna compare like to like actually like i've been watching more of too young too young to die old too old to die young right and like like and there's a, a character in that called like the high priestess of death right and like there's the and the jesus they're like teamed up together and the way they like move through life i was just thinking i was like the Hitchers, like Riker Howe's character, is basically the same character. It's like they don't play by like, like, our laws and rules. They just kind of do what they want. Yeah. Um, and it's like I think it's I feel like that's the scariest like the scariest thing. It's like this person's like, yeah, you can arrest them, but he doesn't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, and well, and that's that was laws. that was what was not... kind of like so sinister about him was. There was like nothing you could really identify with because they give you nothing about him. His name is John Ryder, and he kills people on the road, and like yeah. that's what he does. <clears throat> and like, and like, I feel like at the beginning of the movie, he he kind of wants C. Thomas Howe to kill him, but he also like he knows like C. Thomas Howe is kind of a big puss, so he just like messes with him the entire time too until he does eventually like get up the nuts to kill him for real yeah like, like he's, he's like, pretty, like he seems pretty grateful for that. And, yeah and like like in a weird way he felt like hey i'm gonna freaking do this kid a favor 
Yeah. Toughen him up by freaking ripping Jennifer so. Jason Lee in half with a truck. <laughs> now, I remember this movie, like, I wasn't able to watch it when I was a kid because it was so supposedly so violent. But when you really kind of think about it, everything happens kind of off screen. <laughs> yeah. Like, the ripping in half, I could have sworn, like, I, I'd heard that it was actually, you'd actually see her ripped apart. Yeah. But, like, in the, in the movie, like, you don't see it. No, there's, there's very little that actually happens on screen. But, uh, and again, that's one of those things that's kind of plays up to your imagination, so it makes it a little scarier. Like, you don't see him killing the family. You don't see him killing the cop. Well, you see him shooting the cops whenever he's in the back seat. But, like, other than that, you don't see all, the, like, the murder and mayhem you do. You just see the fallout from it. Yeah, because he kills about two or three families within the first, like, ten minutes, but you don't see any of it. You, it's just you see, like, cars along the side of the road yeah. type stuff. Let's talk about 1986 and how, uh, how like, uh, like how, uh, I guess you say like welcoming everybody is in 1986 to, to hitchhikers and like, right. Like with Jennifer Jason Lee, just letting C. Thomas Howe in because he's like, he's covered in, he's covered in gasoline, but like, he seems like a nice guy anyway. Yeah. So I'll make <laughs> like, him, like, I'll, I'll let him use the phone and make him a cheeseburger. But yeah, he gets the Rector Howard gets into like the car of like five different families, and it's like nobody who does that. Who would do that in 1986, and who would do that now? Like right. nobody would do that now. Well, but, you like, know, it's strange too because it's kind of a cultural thing. Like when I was in Canada, yeah. and when I was also in Alaska, like hitchhiking was way, way more prevalent than it is uh, in America because there is kind of mm. that whole like stigma of oh, you can't pick up a hitchhiker. He might be a psych- he, he might be Rugger Hauer, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, you know, like, there's that whole thing that's been pounded into your mind. Like, whenever I was just, I was just telling Skylar, that one of the 13-year-olds that I live with, that she was like, oh, what are you doing a podcast on? And I said, oh, it's this really scary movie about a guy who picks, out a, picks up a hitchhiker, and he turns out he's like this psycho killer, and he kills a bunch of people. And she was like, duh, who in their right mind would pick up a hitchhiker? <laughs> you know? Because of this movie, that's why. You're but, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's it. Like, maybe like, this is like the jaws of the road, you know? I mean, it kind of is. It's like... It's like like dull, like it's just like the 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 monster, like the the invisible like driving truck, just like terrorizing the guy for like no reason, right. that type of thing. Um, but yeah, no, like we really thought it was really crazy when we drove across Canada and also in Alaska, mm. um, was we saw like young people all over the place hitchhiking, mm. like you know, in a, in a course of a say when we drove, we drove about two hundred and fifty to three hundred miles a day. And in the course mm. of that 250 to 300 miles in Canada, we would see probably between 50 to 15 to 25 hitchhikers. And, like, people you wouldn't generally think would be hitchhiking. Like, a freaking pretty girl by herself with a sign that said, like, you know, take me to British or to, like, Vancouver and stuff. Um, <laughs> no, we never actually picked any of them up because we were so stuck. And to be fair, you never, you ne- you ne- to be fair, you never saw her again either. So you don't know what happened to her. <laughs> no. And, and what's even crazier than that is like, um, there's a whole thing in, uh, Canada about like the highway of tears. And there's this freaking serial mm. killer that just like drives the highways in Canada, picks up women hitchhiking and murders them. <laughs> Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, and like you know, but like uh, now, granted, th- 
when we were do when we were driving through Canada was before this was happening. So, like maybe it's not as prevalent. Um, and then when we were in Alaska, and we made friends mm. when we made friends with a bunch of like the locals from Alaska, they said that that was yeah. like their thing was they would get a. a like because there's nothing to do in bumfuck Alaska, they would get like a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. They would get a bottle of whiskey, and they say you, you mm-hmm. grab a fifth of whiskey and you just stand on the highway hitchhiking, and like somebody <laughs> will pick you up, and the two of you guys get wasted and party on like whatever town the person's going to, and like they said that's like what kids do. like you know when we went to the mall, that's what these kids in Alaska would do. <laughs> When what year was that? What around what year was years were those? Two thousand four was when I was in Alaska. Um wow. and, and, and the, the it, whole... still, it still seems awfully it still seems awfully like like still like Yeah. Early like like late. I would like he yeah, is still like kind of like new, I guess. It still seems like well, kind I mean, of crazy in two thousand they still be I mean it, but, you know, like I I seriously think it's probably just a, like a, a kind of a cultural thing, whereas you know, us being yeah. from the northeast I mean, I can remember even in the mid '80s being like, "Oh, you don't pick up hitchhikers; they might kill you." You know, um, whereas in, <laughs> like in Canada, they're just the whole culture is just a little bit more trusting of strangers than people from where we're from. You know, um, I feel like there was a TV show on Showtime too called Hitchhiker, and that's why he never picked up people too because he always yeah. like. <laughs> I feel like he always like he was always involved in some sort of like crazy story, and like that always like. No wonder you don't pick up anybody; they're just all crazy. Right. Uh, um, in this movie. 1986 is also the year uh, that the pinball machine I bought today came out. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I bought... Uh, Which I, one's that? I have, two, I have two pinball machines now. Um, I, bought, uh, I bought Police Force a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember us playing that from... That's right, yeah. From, um, like, back in Bob's Billiards days, but um, that one is malfunctioning, so I found a guy on the internet... Uh, who lives close by who was like yeah yeah you know um, bring me some of the malfunctioning components and I'll show you how to fix them and like do all that stuff well while I was there the guy has this huge pinball collection and um, like basically talked me into buying this other pinball uh, which I don't love it as much as I love police force but uh, as far as collector's value it's called high speed um, and it's like the old uh, like the whole idea is that you're in a Lamborghini running away from the cops and, you know, you have to like drive down the Santa Monica freeway to evade the cops and all this stuff. Uh, but do either one of them, do either one of them have like the LED screens or the, or the, no, no, the, the LED is way, way past this. These are all old alpha numeric, uh, like dot matrix displays. Um, but uh the like the thing about the one that i bought today is that mm. it's really iconic um it's basically what kind of saved pinball in the 80s like video games had been pretty much pushed pinball to the, almost mm. the point of extinction and then uh williams came out with this machine and it's really mm. really it's really fun and it kind of reignited interest in pinball uh, so amongst collectors, it's like really sought after. So for the price, I bought it, and I'm gonna play it for a few months, and then try and trade it for another one, and kind of keep keep one to where I play it for a few months, and then trade it for something else. Nice. Yeah. When I was when I was doing the the movie, uh, we have a pinball scene, and like like I was looking forever to like find someplace to get. Like I almost bought one for the for the shoot, 
just because it was like it was almost just as it was almost just as expensive to rent one really like a a certain one than to like to buy one but then i found i found the guy to deliver one for like four hours or something so nice and like how much (laughs) mind me asking how much was it because they're they're not cheap you know the the one that i got i got for eighteen hundred dollars and that's a steal there was there, i mean there were like some really old ones like old school like first like, uh, okay like, yeah okay yeah there's really like but they were like i think there's a couple that might have been 500 bucks so that and that's not in the area yeah that's not bad and, uh but it, like pre-1980 they are all kind of unless there's there's some sort of like um collector's value like the evil Knievel from 1975 is worth a ton of money mm. Um, and the, it was like during that year, what the, the super flat ones are just like the two flippers and maybe two bumpers and the, 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 that type of stuff. Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and those are like once you get uh, like pretty much 1986 on, um, like 198, like this high speed is the first one that features like a really crazy ramp system. Uh, mm. and, and like once you get into like the ramps and all the crazy stuff is when you start having to actually pay money. Um, yeah. I think I played that one on the, there's a pinball app mm-hmm. and it has all of them and it has all, I think everything I've played high speed on there like fairly recently. Yeah. I'm sure if it's like uh classic stuff, then it, that it's on there because it's like a really iconic machine, you know? And like, I, I bought it more, like, I mean, it's fun to play. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I bought mm. it more because I know it'll have value for when mm. I see something that I want to trade for, um, you know, no. Nice. What's your, what's your ultimate machine? What do you want? Like, what's your, like... Well, it's weird because holy grail. Police Force is my very, very favorite one of all time. And it's kind mm. of like, was the spark. So I, my holy grail right now is to get that working. But um, the new <laughs> the new Deadpool machine is a lot of fun. And the new Monsters. Mm. I, I went and played the Monsters today. It's so, so fucking cool. Um, oh, man. But uh, the freaking Monsters is the one that I want. It's... $7,500 so yeah so I don't know that might be down the road a bit like even you know I, I paid 1800 for pretty much both of them like the police force was like 17 and some mm-hmm. change and then this guy sold me this one for 1800 uh, and that was mm-hmm. kind of a, a big chunk of change for uh, but like mm-hmm. you know, I mean like you've heard me complaining about um, how I work all the time so I'm like, well, fuck it. Yeah. I, might, I might as well buy something cool with all this money they're torturing me with. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't played in forever because, like, I mean, there are places to play around here, but it's like you have to. It's either like downtown LA or like trendy areas like Silver Lake and stuff like that. Like right. the arcade down the street has like a has like a Simpsons pinball, and that's about it. Right, which is a pretty fun one, so. but like it's kind of nice to have a mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff. Um, and there, there's an arcade right now, right next to my house that I've been going to a little bit to play um, some, and they have like all the new shit. They don't have any of the old stuff, but they have like every single new um, game out there. And and the, the new ones are super super fun, like with the LEDs and stuff. Uh, and and yeah. they've gotten like kind of new. Um, uh, every like all all the new ones have some sort of unique feature that you know you've never seen before in a pinball machine. Yeah, um, I have uh, on my on my on my my app. I have a few games. I have I bought I bought the Adams Family. It's classic. Nice. And I have I have Haunted House, 
which is like a, a nice old school one. Yes, uh, the guy, and the I guy have, who, uh, the guy who I bought this pinball machine, he had haunted house in his collection. I like haunted. It's, that's like the one of the first ones I ever played. And I, I still remember that one. It's super right. fun. And I, I had Frankenstein also, which is like a really cool like pinball game actually. Nice. <laughs> the, the new Frankenstein like from like the 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 Kenneth Branagh movie like the pinball machine is really cool because it has like a big like Frankenstein head in the middle and it like roars and stuff. Nice. It's great. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of <laughs> funny with um with the Adams family is that. You know, we loved it. I remember the three of me, you, and Pat playing it all the time back in the day and thinking it was this great machine, right? Well, you know, now that yeah. 25 years has gone by, it's actually considered in the top three greatest of all time pinball machines. Uh, and like to, to this day, if you're going to buy it, Adam's family, you're not going to pay less than $8,000 for it. It's got so much. It's like so high demand because you know almost every list of um like all the forums mm. and all the pinball magazines they always rate it in the very top three greatest pinball machines of all time uh, it's so goddamn fun like it's like, yeah. it's like it's like there's no way it's like it's, it's fun every time like even playing on my my phone it's like it's almost like just playing it like all the time it's like because it's like simulated perfectly. Nice. I'm gonna it's have amazing. to. And what 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 app is that? I think it's the the was it Bally Pinball app. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah, <laughs> that that makes sense. Um, and it has like all the games. It's like I just, I mean, you could pay for any of the games. It has like every pinball game, but it's just like I paid for a couple, but then they give you a free like, a couple of free ones every now and then, so you just kind of like swap them out. Yeah. But I paid for Adam's Family for real. Well, it, it seems like that that makes sense. I'm I'm getting a new phone uh, on Tuesday, so I'm gonna definitely mm. uh, put that on there. I got a a Galaxy S10 baby, um, but nice. the, the cheap one, not the uh, not the uh, expensive. Well, I mean, and by cheap, I mean it was seven hundred and fifty dollars instead of a thousand dollars. Is it is it the big phone? Is it like a bigger? Oh no! Well, no. It's getting bigger now. Yeah, no. That's actually the difference between um, what you call it between the thousand dollar one is huge, whereas the yeah. seven hundred and fifty dollar one is like kind of like standard phone size. Mm. Nice. So. Uh, so anyway, back to the hitch. <laughs> back to our yeah. Back to the hitcher after our our freaking massive digression. <laughs> I mean, Hitcher is just like a movie that I think I was watching it with Leslie. And I don't know if she was quite into it as as, as I was because right. there was a lot of like you kind of have like suspend your disbelief some, somewhat, but like I feel like they 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 give that to you early on, so you're either kind of like with it or you're without. You know, it's like when the when he's in the diner and like he's eating the French fries and then the finger he's he almost eats a finger. Right. You almost kind of have to be like. How did he get that? Like, where did he get into? How's he in there? How did Rutger Howard get in there? Put finger in the French fries and then kind of leave? Like, yeah, nobody knew. But there was a, there was like a small window he could have done it, which I'm sure that's the way they edited. That was the point. But it was also just like, like some of that stuff was always kind of like he just seemed like he was more like like a supernatural being at some points too. 
which I well, which I don't mind. I, 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 I kind of interesting. I, I kind of love that about him. Was yeah, because like, like the first time when it's like, <clears> oh look, he's with this family, and somehow you know somehow yes. he, he had the, got the family to like find this other guy. Like you know how impossible the freaking odds are on him hitchhiking, picking up a family, and then having the family like get in front of our our hero are impossible but then like by the end it did happen so many times i was just like well of course he freaking stole a truck and kidnapped <laughs> jennifer jason lee out of the diner and chained it to her without anybody noticing but he said that he did the best is he's just driving like and he shoots down the helicopter he's just like maybe two yes, shots and i was like course, at this point you're just like of, of course, course he did like why would you not of course <laughs> he shot down the freaking helicopter with a fucking nine millimeter pistol which would be like i mean it would be like throwing a dart at a freaking <laughs> ant from 200 yards and hitting it <laughs> but like at that point you're just like well he's like un he's just an unstoppable being and you either like go with it because rutger howard is so amazing yeah or you're not yeah rutger howard and, well, well cause, I also noticed, I don't know if you noticed, but like I noticed it the second time when he jumps out of the back of the the, the paddy wagon at the end, mm -hmm. like with this, and he jumps onto the car with C. Thomas Howe. There's, there's like a lion, like a, there's like a tiger growl as he jumps. Right. Like on the soundtrack, you hear, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nice. I was like, I didn't hear that before. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. But yeah, no, he's but it's just like it, it, it's so like it's so like minimalist too. It's like such a minimalist story. Yeah, like yeah. like it's nothing is explained. Like like everything is just barely explained. It's like which yeah. is they kind of refreshing. They they don't give any back like any backstory. Like you know, you thought at least when um, Jennifer <laughs> Jason Lee and and the dude were having a conversation in the diner that he'd be like, oh, Gab, you know, I'm from a farm and I just wanted to get out and see the world or like give some sort of backstory to himself, but it doesn't, yeah. uh, you know, um, and like this director, has he done other films? Is that like something that he does or is it just sort of... You know, he, he, like, when you when you look at his filmography, he hasn't done nothing else really except uh, he did a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Okay. That's... And then he did like another movie, like one of his last movies. He does a bunch of TV now. Oh, okay. But he did like another movie that was basically like a ripoff of The Hitcher, which is called The Highwayman, which was like almost like basically a ripoff of The Hitcher. So it's like, because huh. I, I, I looked him up too, I was like, he had to have done other stuff. And like the, the Van Damme movie he's done is not that impressive either. So it's like, I don't know what was going on because this movie was just like, it looks great, I think. And it like, I don't know. Like in the script was supposedly like this 190 page script that they just kind of like pared down to like Chopped 90 down. pages. Yeah, kind of like how um, the whole legend of the good, the bad, and the ugly. How uh, you know when Clint Eastwood got the script for that, that he took out a magic marker and like blotted out like 70 percent of his own lines because he said he wanted, you know, he said you want this guy to be mysterious, and the more he talks, the less mysterious he is. Uh, so he like yeah. you know, the the whole legend is he actually cut like almost 70 percent of his lines because he was like you know you don't need any of this he doesn't need a backstory he doesn't need to just make conversation he like needs to come in shoot people get the money and get the fuck out you know uh and and he was in uh, yeah and clean Eastwood was a thousand percent right in that you know that character is so awesome exactly because he's so quiet and enigmatic yeah <clears throat> I mean, that's always the thing too. It's like, and, my, and while watching, like too old to die young, too young to die old, whatever it's called, <laughs> too old to die young. Right. Like watching watching those episodes, there is 
like there like it, it does there's much there's something to be said about like long stretches of no dialogue and then the dialogue is very kind of obscure and sparse as it is yeah so and it's just a kind of like it's like yeah see like they're telling you the story and you don't need lots of exposition or lots of this or that if you don't yeah it's like and people acting and exaggerated and stuff because like <laughs> people went to to like barely move half the time and it's just like it's so it's so compelling yeah, absolutely. It's. I wish that they did that more often. Uh, I feel like No Country for Old Men did a somewhat decent job of that. Yeah, yeah. The Coens are always pretty good at that. Well, they're actually good at both, being like very kind of like talky and hilarious, and it's like being quiet as well. Yeah, like being quiet and creepy too. Because <laughs> Blood Simple has like huge a huge chunk in the middle where it's like there's no talking. It's like nice. like 15 minutes in the middle where like he's trying to bury that guy. Right. I don't think I've seen that yet. <clears throat> Oh really? That's a that's a really good one, yeah. Nice. I'll have to see if I can't run it tonight. Let's so, but um, yeah, I'm gonna have to cut this a little short. Unfortunately, I can see all the kids starting to play pinball, and I haven't really got to play it yet. So, <laughs> so like, I can see them. They're like like hovering around. No. Yeah, like they were. Well, they were all like, "Hey, can we play the pinball?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." I was like, "I'll be out. I'm gonna be playing all night tonight." Uh, but I got to do this mm-hmm. podcast first. And I was like, it'll mm-hmm. be about a half hour. And we're like at the 25-minute mark. So they're like like just like waiting for me to come out and turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we talked enough about the Hitcher. The Hitcher. Sure. Yeah. And like I'm going to – Pinball. <laughs> yeah, and pinball. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to try and find some um, – find some midsummer somewhere unfortunately it's still in the theaters but they're all far away from me yeah so uh but yeah i'd be interested to talk about those i've, I've seen hereditary twice now I watch it twice and watch midsummer nice. once so cool yeah we'll we'll check that out and uh we'll talk again next week all right, all right. peace peace